Welcome back to DC EKG, a part of the Big Wig Podcast Network and distributed by our partner Evergreen. We're talking with our friend John Swartaki, the executive coach and leader of DC EKG, who had a storied career in Washington and in the public and private sector. John, last segment we talked about the arc of your professional and personal life to mid-1999. You're on a new therapy, you're on a new jug, you're able to come back to Washington, D.C. and pick up where you left off. Let's pick up the story right there. Sure. Well, I, again, it was, we referenced this last time, it was at the, basically there was, well, I hit bottom. The drug is luckily starting to kick in, but my bottom, I, my functioning is really out the window. I can't walk, can't really talk. I had trouble breathing, even swallowing. And now uh, I've turned things around, being, getting fitter, better, uh, happier, and, and Within 10 years of this moment, I have got my job back. I met a girl. We get married. I have then four boys in the So it, the whole world is available to me. So the whole thing, I credit from these these innovations. So uh, I'm back on the Hill uh, working for Senator Lodge, and, and that's going great. But the, the patient trial was clearly stressful physically, and I think I needed a nap. So I and I plus I got married, so maybe it was time to, you know, start about you know, head off the hill to yeah. the private sector. So, so yeah, where'd I, you go? Well, we I joined a small public affairs firm in downtown um, called the Green Hook. Great guys, but uh, but that for uh, about a year, you know, one year passes and then nine eleven hits, and of course uh, they don't have a public affairs person running FEMA, which then was the Federal only, Emergency Management Administration. This is pre DHS pre. Okay. Anything, so it was the only thing they had to respond and recover. So, uh, you know, I was there on nine twelve, uh, helping them. Run. Really? So, yeah. Who it, called you out of curiosity? Uh, How do you know to go over there? Yeah, uh, uh, their deputy chief was a friend of mine. I guess based on his name, really great guy, um, was someone who I who I called after nine eleven, saying, "You guys, who need, what do you need? You need help with dry cleaning? You need like snacks? We can we do?" So I go in there, and he they're like. Uh, by, the way, by the way, we have someone doing this. Something temporary. a little bit more than snacks. Yeah. yeah. We need you to get to work. Yeah. So by the end of the week, I was taking the director of Albaugh to the Sunday shows. And by within a month, they had me on there full time. And, and uh, how long did you serve there at FEMA as part of this 9-11 response and ultimately everything that developed after that? For about a year. It was intense. You know, I was up in New York a lot in that first year uh, on the pile when it was still smoldering and all the uh, amazing people who did amazing work. It was, uh, again, I couldn't walk uh, here before this. Now I'm walking on the pile on the rubble of downtown. Uh, you, and you gl you glanced over this. for. I just want to come back to this. You mentioned uh, thanks to the innovations, and I just want to hit it again. So you're on the one drug. That drug basically fails. They put you on a new drug, Capaxone made by Teva Pharmaceuticals, which is uh, an Israeli company, widely known for generics. That's mm -hmm, what it's right. called, known for its biggest generic company. But for it's got this innovative mm -hmm. new product that uh, I think the first question is, well, why does that work? And the other one, but they don't really know why no, Capaxone works, it, right? It, no. In fact, it was very much different than uh, what, how the first drug I was on it was called Beta-Seron. They thought this, the, uh, uh, the, it was totally different efficacy. So... Uh, they don't know why, but it did, and they got approved, and uh, and it worked for me. <laughs> so, right. So then you're 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 up in New York. You're walking on the pile, as you said. 
um, working with all these amazing people who are, mm-hmm. who are, you know, digging through the rubble and, and um, helping family members deal, grieve and, and identify mm-hmm. um, people who were, who were murdered on 9-11. Yeah. So you're there a year and then what happens? Well, then, like I said, I need a nap. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm back and talking to friends and people around and saying, look, I'm thinking about leaving and what we think is out there. And, and lo and behold, I get connected with our, our good friend, Bill Barr, who is at Verizon General, as general counsel. He's looking for some comms help in his operation at Verizon. So uh, they, they hired me in uh, early 93, uh, January or so. So I go to, to Verizon and settle out there and, and have a good 10-year run or so there. And what was crazy then, while it was definitely more magical hours, uh, it was fun because I got to straddle the media, to changing media world, right? We go from, we're actually, we're deploying broadband wireless aggressively and how that affects, you know, that, that, how that impacts all of us is, is I'm actually seeing the people who are doing that. And so we go from old world to new. And in fact, one of the things was emerging around this time, early aughts, 06, 05, uh, I pose um, something that no one looked, they all said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I want to do a, a blog. I, I said, let's do the first public policy blog ever. And they're like, God bless you. And they said, Where the, what's that? Uh, go do that. And, and if, you, if it fails, we know who did. So I launched the first public policy blog ever. In fact, Google gave, gave ours credit for modeling theirs, which came along about a year and a half later. So uh, anyway, it was, again, to see how blogging and then Twitter and then Facebook changed how we communicate, I got to have a front row seat. And uh, at first, very optimistic how that worked out, and then not so much. But, that's, <laughs> but I'm there for 10 years, and then... Welcome to high tech, huh? <laughs> my wife is uh, from Minnesota, and we have four boys, proving that sports in D.C. are uh, not as easy to do as these four boys' appetite for them would be. So we moved back t- to Minnesota, we, where our family's from. So that's in the early, like, 2012, 13. And uh, I go out there and uh, uh, hang out and go in self-opposed exile for a while. That's right. Your fortress of solitude, but you have a great family life. Kids are growing up. They're having an opportunity to make friends, play sports. But then one day, late in 2016, Donald Trump actually wins the presidential election, and you get a phone call. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you came out of your exile in Minnesota, back to Washington to serve in the Trump administration. Well, it, you know, this kind of like um, I sit down. I got the call, and they wanted me to volunteer to help them get a and cabinet members named, nominated through the Senate. And uh, I'm like, Lexi, I know where this can end up. And I know myself. T- Lexi's your wife. Yes, my wife. And like, it's kind of a gateway drug for me. So <laughs> I just want to know that I know my resistance is going to be low. And so I volunteer remotely over the phone for December. And then I realized, well, you know, D.C. is much more in January than, than Minnesota. <laughs> so I go out to D.C. for about a month on the, to be full-time on the ground. And uh, I helped uh, with a couple of guys where I met Mick Mulvaney, uh, who was one of the, who was trying to be named to uh, OMB. And he asked me to join him in, in the administration upon his confirmation. So, so it happened, uh, it happened and they asked me to come. And so I asked to, to fill that with uh, myself. With the power of yeah. And she said, yes. Yeah. Luckily 
we moved hell and earth to do that, and yeah. we pulled up again. But but luckily also for the kids, they had gotten their early start in the schools and stuff here. So we had some, we had friends, we had some familiarity. Be able to walk back yeah, in. Sure. Right, yeah, sure. And in terms of all that, and again, working in the executive branch must be incredibly stressful, but how's the health as you begin this tenure, this service with Mick, and ultimately ascend to working for and advising the president of the United States. Well, again, like a up to old chicks, it's not really, you know, it's not really where this on my sleeve. But around 2015 is when the Copaxone, which I credit for everything, you know, starts to get a little cranky. They break through. It's, it's a jalapeno drug, right? There are now, by now, there are like half a dozen more drugs on the market that are on cutting edge. And so it, this drug is uh, it's trying to break through. I'm having micro attacks that. Pick up on MRI, but not on like not in my everyday life. But then one really does hit me. Uh, I do see a neurologist who to puts me on another drug called Tysabri, which has great promise. I'm very excited to do it. It does effectively shut any chance of of, of your own drug cells crossing the, the blood brain barrier to mm. the nasty stuff. Now, there's one problem with it. It um, you can five percent chance your body develops antibodies to this this oh, blockade really? and uh your own body says we're not having this right and so my body decided to do that and um and so for a time again with now an administration this is early 18 um i have um i'm doing tithabry and it starts to break through so it's funny uh the budget in seven weeks to the Skinny in the full budget in 17, I brought a copy of the budget with me uh, to my infusion of Ty Savory, uh in infusion chair on the chair with all these folk, people, good people doing fighting cancers and other things they're dealing with. And I'm, I'm editing the budget, the president's budget, and uh, and adding the comments to what we're going to do communications wise. So uh, during I, I had six hours to kill, so. Yeah. <laughs> and a good red pen. So yeah. you're advising the director of office management and budget, who then takes on a second hat as the director of the CFPB. Yeah. So you're doing double duty both in the White House and then across the street at CFPB yeah. headquarters. And one thing leads to another, and ultimately Mick is named as chief of staff to the president of the United States. Yeah. And you are going with Mick to every one of these jobs, fulfilling your role with your big red pen, but more importantly, working directly with media, working directly with staff, trying to drive the administration's message and its agenda forward. So by the time Mick becomes chief, and you're now working directly in the White House, advising the president, the vice president, many other principals in addition to Mick, how's that going in terms of the work health balance well, for you. It, now it's getting really squirrely, right? So while I was still at OMB with Joe, uh, what was happening was it had really first broke through so early 18. Uh, that really puts me on my NRH uh, to recover from that little episode, which is where I got used to using this robot leg. I told you I had lost the function of one leg entirely in, uh, in this April-ish May of 18. Uh, about this time is when I go over full time to the CFB, but uh, the episode began when I was at, OMB, at, the, at the White House. Uh, I recover pretty well, and and. But what about this robot leg? What's this therapy well, that helps ensure your recovery is as large as it can be? Yeah, so I mean, this is just where life science again works miracles. And my, I don't deserve any of this, but I am the beneficiary of all this great, these great, bright, smart people. Uh, what happened was, again, my body 
did not like using its leg, and so I wasn't talking to it very well anymore. And and then we decided therapists were like, look, we have a device that can we can fit your body with uh, with stimulants, simulators, electric stimulants to urge your body muscles to make the movement that it needs to do. So we'll remind it to how it how to walk. And so I uh, they would use that in the first time in weeks, my legs. My leg had not moved, but it was starting to basically prime the pump for it to work again. So it began to do that. And so I was up and walking within a couple months. Um, but again, this was, this was uh, go from zero to, to not 50, uh, but, but thanks to that. Now, again, they're now realizing that the drug Tysari was not effective here because my body decided it had the codes to unlock it, and we're searching for a new drug. And around this time, uh, uh, as I'm rehabbing and working at CFB, uh, and then Mick gets named to the White House, and they asked me to come over uh, to detail me from over there. And by the end of 18, uh, uh, January of 19, I move over to the White House, which, circling back, as a government nerd as a kid, this is my dream job, right? This is this right. this this is Yankees. Sure. This is center, Completely center field for Absolutely. Yankees. This is World Series every day, Game Seven. What's MS? I'm going to do this. Bottom of the ninth. Right. Yep. Five, yeah. So uh, I don't care if my my scooter doesn't fit in the in the warehouse elevator. I'm going to make it happen. So um, she doesn't, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not exactly like they made that building to be wheelchair yeah. friendly. No. no. It turns out, though, I think I'm first the first nonfiction character to work in the West Wing with MS. But that's that's a reference to the West Wing. The, yeah, you do. President Bartlett. Absolutely. Um, I um. Is that true? You think you're the first person? I, I, I think so. You don't know of anyone else. So that's no. interesting. So, I've had a blessed life. I could do all these amazing things, and afforded to by a lot of help on the you know God resources, innovation, these drugs. They've all made made this possible. Uh, for which I'm so grateful, and to be able to do them. And so, uh, by now I'm. West Wing, uh, doing, uh, helping advise the chief of staff. Uh, and then uh, by summer of 19, this is, while well, the president was in DPRK, uh, I noticed that the EMS uh, is starting to uh, get cranky again and pick right through. Okay, I want to back up for a second a couple of references you made. Because I went over to the West Wing with Mick, too, from OMB. And the tenor of the conversation at the time was we have to get CZ in the uh, West Wing to help us on communications. Communications was not a stress-free uh, activity in the Trump administration. And we knew we needed all the help we could get. You had had health challenges. Uh, and there were some frank discussions yeah. about whether or not you were up for it, yeah. if you wanted to do it. And you said, absolutely, I want to do it to everyone's relief. And there were, uh, I think there was a commitment to try and pace you so you weren't working 80 oh. hours a week. Mm -hmm. But you, you, any hour with CZ in, in the day was better than no hour with CZ. So uh, you come in, you're a tremendous help. But by the summer, it's pretty clear that you need to concentrate on your health at yeah. this point. You, and again, let's put this into context. You've got four kids, you're married, all this stuff. It's not as if you don't have other obligations as well. And so in the summer, you go permanently over to CFPB, correct? Yes. I And actually it was a little bit, yeah, it was around, uh, toward the end of the end of 19, uh, 
uh, early October, late September, I think. Okay. It was a week before the press conference where. Uh, anyway, I don't want to go into it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I go over, I leave and go back over to the CFB, which, which by that time has a confirmed leader, significant leadership, yes. and itself doing intense work to try to undo some of the damages mm -hmm. of the Obama years. Yeah. And then adding insult to injury, um, uh, the, um, as I'm doing a lot of PT and all this to get myself healthier and better, I'm returning from a PT appointment, and I, uh, I think I may have been a little bit weaker than I needed to be. I, I fall on the pavement, and it broke my femoral neck and my hip, uh, which required surgery and four pins. But uh, that was a uh, really interesting call that uh, I need to be really cautious about my overall health, like, because, you know, you can have a comorbidity and effect on the rest of it. So, uh, I, um, that put the ray on the wall right before COVID and you handling of that, uh, we go into lockdown. So we were able to work remotely pretty easily for, for some time, but while I began to go into retirement. All right, let's stop there, uh, CZ. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your establishment of this new not-for-profit, nonpartisan organization to advocate for the policies that allowed you to uh, get innovative treatments to work, start a family, and keep your disease under control. This is DC EKG with Joe Grogan and Eric Euland, a part of the Big Wig Podcast Network and distributed by our partner, Evergreen.